Welcome to the ColbyCast, episode 90. Thank you for joining us for this Vocations Week podcast. Today, Colby teachers Adam and Pamela Castor join us to discuss vocations, along with living out the liturgical year in our homes. Mr. and Mrs. Castor share some wonderful advice about discernment, along with sharing their own journeys that led to marriage, family, and Colby Academy. We hope that you'll enjoy the show. Hi there, I'm Bonnie, liturgical musician, popcorn and podcast fanatic, and Colby homeschooling mom to four lads and lasses of middle and high school age. And this is Stephen, homeschooling father of five and director of development for Colby Academy. Academy students have the opportunity to participate in a special vocations retreat this week featuring speakers and sessions on a variety of topics relating to listening to God's Word and discovering His plan for each student's life. Here to tell us about it is Mr. Adam Castor, an instructor of theology for Colby Academy, and his wife Pamela, who is one of Colby's online elementary instructors. Hello to you both. Hello, great to be here. Thank you for having us. Yes, thank you so much. It's good to meet you both, and uh, yeah. we've been enjoying seeing you guys and, and the various things you've been doing for Colby. I know, Mr. Castor, you did a, an announcement for this vocations retreat for us, and yeah. and we also saw you on the Colby Christmas program and everything, and Mrs. Castor, I understand you teach <laughs> in the elementary school, so I'm looking forward to getting to know you a bit. Would you guys tell us about yourselves and your family and how you happened upon Colby, whatever else you'd like us to know? Absolutely. Pam, if you wanted to, to start, that'd be great. Absolutely. Yeah. So how we came upon Colby is a very, very interesting story because um, it was a few years, say maybe three years ago, um, I met um, Chrissy Asmara at a homeschool event and um, in our neighborhood. And she just happened to plant the seed like, hey, I work for Colby Academy. And I didn't really know what it was, anything at that time, but just the name kind of stuck in my head. Mm -hmm. Um, and then was it last fall? I think we were gifted from God, you know, a new baby. And with the new baby, it created us to um, have a larger family. Now we have seven children, but we outgrew our old minivan. Mm -hmm. And so we, we were really looking and praying, Lord, you know, we know you want us to have this beautiful child. And but how can we, you know, get anywhere? And we <laughs> right. needed some financial needs to, to buy a new van. Mm -hmm. And um and so Colby came along and it just, it, you know, popped up again on our heart and I was able to apply and, and, you know, got a job teaching third grade, which I absolutely love. I've always been a teacher and then God called us for a while for me to, to homeschool and Colby has been the perfect bridge for us to be able to still homeschool our children the way we want to. And then for me to, you know, share my gifts with, with others. So that has been a great blessing. And I fell in love with the community and Adam was kind of watching um, I think from the background and I was like, you gotta, you gotta be a part of this. You gotta come join us. Like you have so many great gifts. And, and so that's kind of where Adam's story kind of bridges in. Well, that's a, that's a terrific segue. Thank you so much, Pam. So, <laughs> so, so my story, you know, I've, I've, I felt as though I was a part of the Colby family, uh, long before this year, you know, this is my first year teaching with Colby Academy in the high school theology department. Um, and along with that, I am employed in full-time ministry as the director of faith life at a, a parish in New Hampshire. 
Okay. Uh, I love ministry. I've been involved in church ministry since I was confirmed in high school. Neat. You know, uh, whether it be volunteer or paid positions, I've, I've, my heart's always been for ministry and, and sharing the gift of my faith that I was given at such an early age, because I know many people don't really find their faith and their relationship with the Lord until later on in life. And mm-hmm. so, you know, realizing that this was such a gift, it was always something that was so impressed upon my heart. And Colby Academy, you know, having an opening in the high school theology department was really just another way, another yeah. way that I could share this passion, another way that I could share all that I have learned over so many years. I just finished it a, couple, uh, a week ago my master's program in theology. And so oh, wow. being able to apply this in my ministry and now at Colby is it's such a gift. It's uh, I've Pam and I we've been gifted so much in our lives and we understand fully that we're called to give that away, you know, and, and really share that. So um, here we are. Uh, we, we love Colby Academy. It, we feel so welcome and so much a part of the community uh, that that we plan on being with the school for many many years so (laughs) as long as God allows really in addition you know Pam and I together which is which is a lot of fun you know because uh, Pam and I we enjoy we enjoy working together and doing things together we picked up a, a creative writing club as well which yes. has been which has been a blast, and I know your 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 daughter is a part of Creative Writing Club, and we yep. meet once a month, and we have some some writing uh, that the students do in between, and that's just that's a blast as well. So even though Colby is is virtual, you know the I, I'm sure the biggest hesitation for new families is okay, well how how is my child going to be social? How is there going to be that community and classroom environment? And I'll I'll encourage families and tell them that it's here. It's it's very much in in a strong way. It's here. Uh, the school is very creative and and uses all the technology at its disposal to create that international community. I mean I mean I have I have a student in one of my sections who is in the Philippines. I know Pam has uh, students that are you know we're an international just community. Uh, coming together um, really under the intercession of Maximilian Colby and just, you know, in the name of, of Christ, you know, that that's our focus. That's our heart. Uh, and and it's nice to see that so prevalent at a, at a Catholic school and so alive. Yeah, I totally agree with you, Adam, there. You know, I think that's what definitely when I came in last year when the elementary department opened, I was like, yay, <laughs> um, there's a spot for me. And, you know, and God provided and just it fell in love with just, it's a whole family. Like we're teaching, you know, internationally, but yet all under like, you know, Maximilian Colby, just we're all Catholic. It's universal. Like we've all got this, it's family feeling. It's not a school where I've been in a brick and mortar in public school where it, it's, it just has a total different feel when you're praying together with the children. And, um, you know, you can just open up your heart in such a different way, you know, and just the idea of, you know, I know as we talk about vocations week, like just that there's more to us than just um, that there's a deeper calling. And I love that we can just talk to to everybody from just such a young age. because I think it's so important. Yeah. It absolutely highlights that universality of our of our church that really brings it home, doesn't it? When we hear about our class, 
our children talking about classmates all over the place and exactly things happening all over the world they have such a better grasp of that than I think I did at their age so yeah okay guys if I say vocation you say what I say vocation you say you you say vocation discernment okay <laughs> okay so much discernment yeah okay um I say holiness okay holy is a place that challenges students and staff to be holy so our you know our, our first vocation is holiness or as saint therese put it our first vocation is is love you know she says my vocation is love to to love the lord with everything i have but it, but in addition to that it's a a double street that runs toward the lord you know we have this vocation to holiness but within this vocation to holiness there is also a specific call placed upon each and every heart and and so for our students for everyone for us to remember that god has you in mind in such a unique way that that he would create and craft a call that is specific to your life and to you you know, that's something we all need to know and that's why this that's why this retreat is so important that that we would block out two days of the school year for it you know this this time to talk about discernment to talk about vocations i hope and pray that every single one of our students takes advantage of of these two days uh, because there are things for all grade levels elementary middle school high school um, that are being offered during this time but we all have this call placed upon us you know that god calls us and and when we say yes to this call that is when we will find the fulfillment of our lives our joy all of our desires we will be so full we'll be more full than we have ever imagined we could be when we when we say yes to this this call upon our lives you know specifically pam and i we've been we've been married 14 years so so we said yes to the to the to the call to what god was was asking us to do and it it's had us grow in such a deep way in holiness and what i what i what i tell my students or those that i'm working with that are preparing to receive sacraments especially uh confirmation you know and when we talk about baptism these these sacraments it's not just a a sacrament we receive one day and then it stops working within us. It's a sacrament that rests and dwells within us and it really grows and matures and it it just blossoms. It blossoms within us and our vocation to marriage as both of you probably have seen, you know, in in your own calls and vocations, it it's just had us grow in holiness in ways that we have never imagined would ever happen and 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 it's hard <laughs> holiness is hard it, you know it's not for the 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 weak-minded or weak-hearted it, it is uh a challenge it is a, a challenging road but our lord reminds us that you know his burden compared to that of the world is is light it is easy because he carries it with us so I could talk all day on things like this, Pam. I don't know if, but when 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 you say vocation, <laughs> uh, what 
<laughs> what do you think of Pam? I'd love to hear. And so when I say vocation, I really first word that comes to mind is just discernment. Um, I wasn't raised in a Catholic family. You know, I was a convert later in life. Actually, I was in was like my first year of teaching actually mm-hmm. so quite a few years ago and um so the talk growing up never was about vocation you know for me it was like what are you going to do when you graduate you're going to go to college you're going to get a job and and my family we just all happen to be teachers so you know there's definitely you know god pouring in those gifts for us you know so for me learning what vocation meant later on as an adult um just really came to mind that you know i just I think that we need to just talk to children to know that, you know, there's, you know, more decisions as to what, you know, you're called to do. It's not a profession. It's more of who you are and what God has designed for you or wants you and calls you to do in your life. And I know in our home, personally, we always just, you know, just leave it open. You know, we we joke about our youngest son being Pope and our and our older girls call him, you're going to be Pope Joseph or, you know, like we just joke around because maybe he will someday, you know, who knows, um, you know, and just leaving that door just wide open. And, you know, if if they are, you know, saying, you know, wanting to learn more um, about, you know, a certain direction, you know, they want to learn more about sisterhood that we as parents just seek out that information for them, you know, and help and guide them in any direction, you know, we're just continuing, you know, at dinner time or, and, you know, when we're talking about the homily from mass or, or whatever, you know, just leaving those conversations and those doors open for them to know, like, you know, are you listening? You know, what is God calling you? Where do you feel like that is? And making sure that we provide opportunities for them that when they come up in our, in our area, that they, that they take them, you know, they might need a little nudge <laughs> to go, um, you know, different discernment retreats or things. Um, we don't live um, where there's a lot of, you know, we have mostly girls in our family. So we have five girls, two boys. So the idea of sisterhood and, you know, leading into that life, we, you know, we talk about probably that a lot. There aren't a lot of sisters in our area where we live. It just, we're in a rural town. And, but my goodness, they're on Ash Wednesday. They're I don't know who she was. I didn't get to talk to her, but there was a sister at our mass and it's a very small church that we go to. And our kids were like, like gawking, like, mom, mom, there's a sister here, you know? So it's, you know, it's just beautiful. Like they got excited to see her there and we didn't get a chance, you know, unfortunately to say hi or introduce ourselves, you know, but I love just that there, there's that possibility and that they are, these are beautiful people chosen by God. So I don't know, discernment, just constantly just being open um to whatever god calls us to and just knowing that it's really ultimate his decision and and yours but mostly his yeah i i love that pam and i i hate to put you on the spot but i would love for you to share a little more about your conversion story that you mentioned earlier on there because it's it's pretty powerful (laughs) (laughs) it is all right you i can i will happily share it so let's see so i was in college and i actually adam and i were friends and he invited me to join him on um, a retreat Steubenville East retreat in Attleboro, Massachusetts. And I went, you know, like, okay, I was kind of searching for something more. I knew that there was more, you know, I grew up Protestant, so I knew God or, you know, and we, we attended church and everything, but I didn't truly know him as I do now. So at the retreat, 
there's always this beautiful time of adoration. And I didn't know really what that was. I had no idea. All I saw, you know, is the priest coming around with this monstrant. And, you know, I didn't even, I think at that time I realized that, wow, that's Jesus. And I just blood tears in my eyes, like total, like surrender, never like, you know, your heart was just on fire. Like, wow, I didn't, I finally, you know, felt at home. And I just remember feeling like this great big warm hug around me. And, you know, after that, you know, the session ended and the woman um, who was the youth leader at the time, she, you know, was like, how were you moved? And I was like, I need to become Catholic. Mm -hmm. Like, it was like right away. Like, I know that my family is not going to be happy about it um, because, you know, they had some different feelings. But I'm like, I don't care. Like, I've never experienced God this way before. This is true. This is real. And I'll do it. And I'll be honest, like going through the RCI process was it caused a lot of tension in my family. It was really difficult, but it was so beautiful at the same time. And, you know, and slowly, you know, my family has, you know, has warmed up to the idea and accepted that we are Catholic and we are who we are. And, you know, and they they support us definitely my side of the family anyhow which is beautiful you know and our, you know and they see the beauty in it from afar and i and i constantly pray for their conversion um that they have that powerful experience but it was truly you know jesus in the monstrum seeing him fully present and alive in the host that just changed my life and you know every time i see you know see that like i do i still get teary-eyed because it's just to me his true presence there is like none other so that's that's kind of my story and, just, that's why it's so powerful to just shape family and give, you know, my heart, like to give my family everything that I didn't have growing up, like just the true Catholic culture that we're more than just going to church on Sunday, that we're, it's truly who we are. And that's, that's kind of where I think God really, really put in my heart. A lot of these touch chords with me. I'm a convert as well, but oh, wow. um, the, the, that first sort of call to loving God, uh, holy and that, and first with that your heart won't rest until you you find it you know so there's this right. uncomfortableness this desire but then kind of delving deeper as, as adam some of the things you were talking about where god creates each person for a specific calling for a specific specific purpose hmm. so really only by aligning yourself to his will for you well, again, you find that that personal satisfaction of, ah, this gift that he's given me or this cross that he's given me all fits together for in his providence for exactly what he wanted me to do. And then that love and that all of those gifts just kind of seem to meld together into happiness, I guess, ultimately. But uh, yeah, satisfaction. Absolutely. Truly. Like, you know, when you say that, um, you know, I kind of chuckled because growing up, um, I didn't really ever want children. And now, like, we have seven. <laughs> like, you know, that is like, you know, God, like, ha ha, you know, you know you're open to what I want to give you. And here you go. Um, you know, and it's beautiful, you know, and I'm so grateful every day for all of them, you know, but it's definitely kind of that kind of joke there. So, Right. The, the beauty of our faith is that God speaks so much purpose into every individual human being you know like you were made in the image and likeness of god before before you even get started oh okay wow um okay 
That's amazing. And wait, 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 there's more. I have this plan laid out that I have crafted with my very breath, with my very hands, just for you. Mm. Oh, so you think I'm a pretty big deal, Lord. That's what you're saying. Wow, I'm, and, and it's humbling. It, it's so humbling and it's overwhelming at times, quite honestly, just because Steve, just as you said, you know, the, the more we align ourselves to this plan and God's divine will, um, really the more blessing he's able to pour out and pour into our lives. You, you know, because when we're, when we're in line, when we're close to him, he can just lay it on us. He's like, all right, my good and faithful servant. It's not always good, but we can all attest to the fact that it's good. You know, life with Christ is, is very, very good, um, even when it's bad. <laughs> and, and that's the beauty of our, our faith. And when Pam, when her heart was softened at that retreat by the Eucharist, uh, what was really amazing is I was able to be her sponsor when she went through RCIA. Mm. And so it was this incredible moment you know, right before we were set to get married, that really just brought us so close together and prepared us uh, for that day. I, I always share that and I always tell the kids that are like, oh, <laughs> you know, like kids I'm teaching or things like that. But because uh, it, it is it, it is um, it's it's pretty romantic. Yes, it it's is. a pretty sweet story, you know, and, and it's been a, a gift, a gift to live it. It's been really a gift to, to live it. And just be a part of it. That's the perfect start to marriage because that that right. the, the journey of marriage is walking together mm -hmm. to to be saved to find. I mean, that's part of your vocation, but it's also right as you mentioned earlier, where those problems get worked out. The, you know, the the perfection. You know, the sufferings that you might have walking together. That's obviously what God is calling you to do. So being able to start your relationship with that walk toward holiness together mm. is just yeah it's it's the start of a lifelong journey i guess but the most appropriate sort of start for that lifelong journey yeah it 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 really was it it really really was and you know thinking back now at you know at at the actual at our sacrament of marriage and really those who are attending this discernment vocations retreat and those who are, you know, even, even the leaders, what you're going to hear a lot at this retreat is, is kind of what we've been living, you know, and, and tr striving to grow in holiness. You know, the night before our marriage, we made sure that the, the, the priest who is, who was witnessing our marriage because the couple is actually the one that, that does the sacrament, you know, but he is stands in witnessing for the whole body of the church. Um, but the priest, you know, he, he heard confessions for, for myself, for Pam, for our wedding party. And we had a time of adoration the night before the, the wedding. So, I mean, we did that because we wanted to be as ready as we could be to to receive the gift of the sacrament you know if, if if you don't if you don't clean your house you know before a special guest is coming then you're going to make a bad first impression 
so so you we want we want to be ready and we we want to be prepared as prepared as we can be and i think frequenting the sacraments and the students that will attend this retreat i'm sure will hear this a ton but frequenting the sacraments and a life of prayer are just the keys they're the keys to figuring out what this vocation is in their lives they they truly are it's it's very simple uh the lord has really made it very easy and and laid out a very specific way um to to find this vocation to find holiness he he doesn't make us do guesswork uh, he's he's made it clear he's made it clear <laughs> so it's exciting something that you said there made, made me think of i think it was sherry waddell in one of her books who writes about it but talking about preparing for the sacraments or preparing for your vocation essentially and that yeah those graces are going to come when you receive the sacrament i mean once you receive it i mean unless you're in a state of mortal sin of course well, well actually the graces still generally come but but your preparation how how you've prepared yourself for that affects what sort of effect that grace can have on your on your soul because if you come in all messy and not prepared for that yes it will the graces will come but not in the same way that they could have come had you cleaned the house and invited the guest in from the beginning. Right. I think that's... Yeah, so true. Because, because there's always going to be a mess. There's always going to be brokenness. That's, that's human nature. But, you know, right. are we doing everything we can to prepare and, and mm -hmm. to clean, quote unquote, as best, as best we can? You know, that, that's, that's the life of holiness. That's the life we're called to. We're called to be saints. We're not called to live mediocre lives of faith, you know? And, right. and, and, I, and I feel like so many of the, the teens and, and even younger, the, the people that I work with, both in ministry and at Colby, they have this impression that, oh, I, I can never be a Maximilian Colby. I can never be a Joan of Arc. You know, these people were just whoo, on fire. And I don't know if I could do what they did. And I tell them, you're not supposed to. We need you to be right where you are and to be a saint, right? You're not supposed to be Joan. You're not supposed to be Max. You're not supposed to be Padre Pio. You're supposed to be you striving for holiness, showing others how the way you know, by your life. And they're like, oh, well, that sounds hard too. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It, yes, it is. It is. It is. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's graces are there, but we have to turn toward yeah. them, don't we? we That's right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah it's, it's always interesting to kind of pair that up with again what you were when earlier you were talking about um, of, of course god creating you individually and loving you personally and having a greater plan that you could ever possibly really imagine for yourself or th especially thinking I'm, I'm too small for for these things but to kind of match up he made you to be right here and still to be this amazing tool this amazing amazing part of his creation and his plan for the salvation of the world yeah really interesting yeah. there's there's oh. a little 
struggle at times for those. There, that's yeah. Th there is a struggle because we have a hard time believing that. You know that mm -hmm. that that God does think that highly of us. That's just a yeah. that's absurd, right? <laughs> you, you know, yeah. but but when when we do start believing that, we it it challenges us to live differently. It it challenges right. us to, you know, just like the woman at the well. She came and Christ challenged her, okay, go and sin no more. Go and never be the same. Let your life be changed forever. You know, and, and, and that's, uh, we're, just, we're just doing what the master has already done. Like when he, when he was on earth, he, he made the way very clear. Right. Overwhelming to receive all that, to I know. really contemplate yeah. the depth of God's love for each one of us. That can be overwhelming. And it, um, it also, it does, like you're saying, calls us to, more to give more of ourselves respond in kind mm. that, not that we could ever match it but to respond more right. than oh i'm so small i can't possibly do anything yeah right. Right. And certainly to pick yourself back up again after after the like you said we're going to be a mess all the time we're going to keep falling we're broken but we have to remember that god's not asking that perfection of us from the beginning he's i mean before while we were sinners, he saved us. So he he loves us That's when right. we're dirty, and he wants us to pull us out of that that nastiness that we're we're in. But you know that's the the hammer of the devil. You always see what you know. You fall, and then he's like, "Well, you're no good anymore. You've broken, you've broken that's things." Right. So now, but that's not God's way. <laughs> Just the right. Those those the, are those are lies. Yeah, <laughs> the, the, those are those are lies. You know that that the the hammer of the devil he certainly takes advantage of all those moments you know when we when we doubt when we doubt the plan you know could, why, how could god ever call me to to this life to this vocation and i i think i think it's probably the most aggressive with young men that are discerning priesthood you know how could god call me to to lead you know a, a parish to 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 be the the hands that bring Christ to these people, I'm not worthy. You're right. None of our priests are worthy, but this is how God has chosen to give us the sacraments. So it's not about it has nothing to do with being worthy, <laughs> <laughs> nothing at all. Uh, it's it's about the call. What has God made us for? Yeah, I think it's so true. I've been. Um... Reading or you know, looking at Saint Peter, and it just reminds me of him. You know, like God, I'm a sinner. Like, wh why are you calling me? You know, I'm not worthy. And, and you know, Jesus just looks at him. He's like, I know, but I'm calling you anyway. You know, like, and that's that's who he, he wants. He wants us, uh, even the broken. That's right. Our, our, he can work with our willingness to be instruments. Yep. So our Colby students have been participating in this vocations retreat this week. They've heard from a number of speakers on a variety of topics. Let's talk for a minute about why now and in this format. This has been in the works for a long time. What what do you think led to this timing and how how it has come together in this format? Absolutely. Well, well I think I think first and foremost we are in the season of Lent. I think that's that's the most important why for the the timing you know why do we plan it during this time of year we're in the season of lent we're in the desert with the lord right and and it's it's important 
that we give Colby students an opportunity and an avenue in which they can step away from everything, even if it's for a couple days, to really grow in their faith and to understand better what this call is all about and what this way of holiness is all about. And th the greatest treat and the most powerful thing about this retreat is that they'll hear from people in all states of life. So, so they will hear speakers that have chosen the vocation of marriage. They will hear speakers who are sisters, priests, brothers. Uh, I believe we even have consecrated virgins, you know, those, um, you know, lay women who have really given their lives just over to the service of Christ. Deacons, I believe, those, those who are in seminary uh, in preparation to becoming priests. So, boy, the, the committee has just brought in every voice. And it's important to hear from all those voices because if you've never talked to a brother or a priest or a sister and never learned about what that life is like, then how can you know you're called to it? How can you know that it's something that God has made you for if you don't know what that life is like? So, so th that above all is the, is the most important thing about this retreat that the, the students will take away. Many of the teachers, they're going to be present. They're, they're kind of going to be uh, facilitating and directing the rooms, you know, and making sure the speakers are there. Um, but there are many opportunities for breakout sessions. So the students will then have time with Colby teachers to really process what they're hearing and not just to walk away and be like, oh, okay, that, that was nice. Um, and uh, it'll be fun too. It will, it'll be a lot of fun, uh, like and, it, yeah. and, and time, time just well spent. It's a great lineup with many speakers. We have Father Robert Spitzer from the Imagis Center of Reason and Faith speaking on the four levels of happiness. Topics such as trust and surrender and living virtuous lives will be addressed. And we have Father Stephen Gadbury back to speak about discernment. He was with us for a Facebook Live recently. We'll put the link to that in our show notes for people to check that out. Among many other speakers, as Mr. Castor right. was saying, right. it's a really great lineup, all kinds of people and opportunities for the students to ask questions and visit with each other. And there are also fun things planned like games and, and time for, for the students to process what they're hearing and, and, and kind of relax a bit and let it sink in. Yeah. It looks great. Yeah. So much work has gone into it. It looks great. Happy for, to see it all coming together. It, it's been a long time coming. A lot of work has gone into it for a while. And yeah. so I'm praying for, for students to turn toward and be open to receiving the messages that God wants to send through these speakers. And just that would be wonderful. It's great that they're showing so many ways of, of answering God's call to each person in, in the word vocation. It, seem, it seems like that a lot of times we we think, um, priesthood when we think vocations like we pray for vocations meaning right. vocations to the priesthood but there are so many each of us as you've been sharing with us so so well all the different ways we we answer the call of vocation so let's talk on that note about vocations for colby students and families as we move forward through lent after this vocations retreat how how we as colby students colby parents colby families find and live our vocations here and now how he's calling us to know him here in the present in this season of life whatever that's leading us to what do you think about that 
Oh, this is this is so exciting. And I, I'll, I'll start just for a minute and then I'll throw it to Pam because okay. a litur liturgical living is, is certainly a passion of hers. Yeah. Um, but 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 I know. But how do we do it right here, right now? And I, I think the call every day again is holiness. But as as families, you know, just speaking to Colby families as a whole, because this community is not just for the students. This community is for the entire family. You know, mm -hmm. that is a part of, of Colby Academy. I think, boy, oh boy, just it, living every day as the domestic church, as, as church in miniature, as it's so-called. You know, in the catechism, the domestic church is the language that is used when, when this is spoken about. But it's very simply bringing the faith alive at home living the liturgical calendar at home, not leaving it at the steps of the church, but living it in the home, you know? And, and, and this is what the beauty of the Colby Academy format allows, whether it's live classes, homeschooling, whatever, whatever um, avenue the family has taken, it allows that freedom to be in the home and to make it the church in miniature. Because believe it or not, that's where priests come from. That's where yeah. brothers come from. That's where sisters come from. That's where holy marriages come from. Mm -hmm. So we need more of that. So Pam has been, has been called and, and earned the official title. Is it like liturgical living queen in the elementary uh, nice. you know, elementary world, I think. And, <laughs> um, um, and, and it's kind of stuck, you know, Nicole O'Connor has, has dubbed her with this title. So, nice, um, nice. yeah, Pam, I, I'd love you to share just, you know, what you're doing for the Colby community and, and what we do at home, because we don't just like uh -huh. talk about it. We're, we're, we try our best to, to live it here too. Yeah. And that's all you can do is just try your best, you know, there's nothing perfect to it. So growing up in my house, we didn't do any of this, you know, as a convert. Um, so it was such a new idea to me. And even like through the RCI process, I don't recall like ever that never came up in, you know, in my in my learnings and my teaching. And one of my friends um, invited me to like this Mother's Day, like, hey, let's learn about it. There was um. Kendra Tierney um, was going to talk about it. And I was like, a night out? Like, yeah, let's go do it. For me, I was like, I don't know what she's talking about, but heck, I'll, I'll take you know a few hours out and, you know, meet with some other moms. And, and we did. And I was like blown away by just like what she was saying and, you know, changing their culture. And um, so I was like, you know, started diving into her book and, you know, and slowly, you know, just, you know, that the idea of being Catholic is not just going to mass on Sunday, but it's just more of who we are. And, and I think that, you know, listening to Lord in our vocation as mother of the house, you know, where, you know, I have that influence to really help raise our children um, and guide their faith. So, so I kind of latched onto this idea and slowly, you know, we've been just doing simple changes, like when we're meal planning um, to look at the meals and look at what feast days are coming up. Like it was St. Catherine Drexel yesterday. And so that, well, she's from Philadelphia. So at dinner, we had Philly steak and cheese, you know, something simple, 
like that. So, you know, and then as we're eating dinner, like, hey, guys, like, why are we eating this meal? You know, and so we're, we talked like, well, what do we know about her? What has she done? And so just simple, like, infusions, you know, and if we don't know about them, we're like, hey, Alexa, or, you know, our kids like know the theme song to Franciscan media, like, right. <laughs> because, you know, we reference it so much just to learn, yep. you know, about, you know, the, the, the saints. You know, and so we're just doing small things around like, you know, our meals that work together. And then, you know, we've embraced, you know, traditions in our family. And I think traditions, you know, in our church are so important. It's really what carries, you know, our faith along. And and so we have certain traditions, you know, around certain saints or Lent practices, you know, the fasting and the prayer and the almsgiving, you know. And so we have, you know, those traditions. And then like we love Michael Moss and we always like, we'll make a pinata and that looks like the devil. And our, I swear our neighbors probably think we're crazy, but um, <laughs> our kids remember it. They know it, you know, and they, they have the love to smash it down. And we talk about it, overcoming sin, you know, and they look forward to these traditions and really embracing, you know, who you are, like being Catholic is, is so much more. Um, and, you know, looking at the lives of those others and just having conversations constantly in our family just all the time, I think is super important. And just embracing that every moment can be a teaching moment. And we're all learning together all the time. We're, we're learning so much more in our faith uh, and modeling that for our children, I think, super, you know, important. And like when we have personal prayer, I love it. Like you'll see like Adam in the morning, he'll have like his prayer books are like stacked up on the table. Like we don't hide anything, you know, our children see it, you know, and they model it. And, you know, it's beautiful. Like, I don't even know. Some of them were like, yeah, mom, at nighttime, I was reading this prayer and this prayer. And I was like, you were yeah. like, yeah, I don't, didn't know that, you know, um, when you're, you know, you're tucked in your bed and I think you're sleeping, you know, you're doing those things. And it's just beautiful that slowly you know what we model for them and what they grow up in it just sinks into their pores and it just really becomes who they are i think that's that's so important that seems really fantastic for me that just connects so well we at the beginning of lent we we spoke with jonathan conrad of the catholic woodworker and one of the things he was talking about was like the challenges of okay you've developed your own devotional life your spiritual life that you're you know, engaging in, but now all of a sudden you've got, in your case, seven others that are at a different place, but you want to share this wealth and this thing. So it just seems like that's a connection that making that part of their lives. So everybody in the family can participate like, oh, here's the connection and I'm getting it. You know, I love Philly cheesesteak. And now I think of <laughs> St. Catherine Drexel now when I think whatever the, the thing is, but yeah, it seems like that's a good bridge to that challenge that that we spoke about in that episode yeah and, and i think it's just very right practical and and natural saint lawrence we're grilling chicken you better believe it <laughs> <laughs> you know like, like, you know th things like this it, and it it's it's a lot of it's a lot of fun not following you know a typical calendar but following the liturgical calendar and just living by it yeah okay who's coming up this week you know what what feast days catholics love to party okay we love to <laughs> yeah. celebrate there's always a reason to celebrate <laughs> and yes. and the liturgical calendar does that for us so mm -hmm. and, I, and i think it's it's really fun and neat at mass noticing 
you know, as the colors change. And they're like, oh, Father Michael's wearing green today or, oh, he's wearing purple or, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's it's kind of those little things. They are small, but they have great significance. And I think that's. Yeah. Really... And 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 liturgically in the church too, our pastor in, in our town, what's very, very powerful and it's subtle is when the season changes, the the candle holders change everything changes the monstrance that's used at wednesday adoration changes and so he kind of reinforces in a powerful way like okay something is different in the liturgical year we're in a different place right now so we're blessed we're blessed to have our priest <laughs> in our parish we have different sets of bells and sound makers uh -huh. for during the consecration and the epiclesis and it's interesting to see the responses i think there's growing recognition the longer our pastor implements these the same change that you're talking about for mm. these different sounds that we hear during the mass that it it that's another way of recognizing this seasonal change yeah it's oh, just like you're saying and of course with the beautiful. different colors changing things yeah 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 mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's just bringing it back to kind of personal vocation as you're saying this, because that's listening to those changes and those those things as you're as you're going through, like, what am I supposed to be doing in in my life sort of thing? What is God's personal call for me? It's those subtle changes or those subtle things that seem to kind of guide you as well to say, OK, something's different. So yeah, that, that either a longing or um dissatisfaction sometimes or just uh -huh. as i don't know something i don't have it clearly worked out but something when you were you were saying that just just seems those little hints those little calls that that get your attention subtly sometimes but then build so you start to see okay this isn't right this is this is not the right direction for me i'm supposed to change to be over here so i, I don't know there's something there i don't <laughs> Yeah, I think I think you're spe you're speaking of just the longing of the heart because even those that are not a part of the body of Christ, they're still created in the image of likeness of God, and so they have within their very being this this deep longing for God, even if they don't know His name yet, even if they don't know who God is. Like, um, Christopher West, I'm a huge fan of, and he's spent his entire life essentially <laughs> making theology of the body accessible for us because because John Paul II was brilliant and a philosopher and sometimes his language can be uh, over our heads and and Christopher West talks about the the cry of every human heart that this deep longing that's that's embedded in our very core that longs for God and and what happens so often is we try and fill this hole with things, with other things. We try and fill this hole with things of the world that are temporary and that simply do not fit in the God-shaped hole, which remains within our heart. They do not fill it. They, they do not suffice. They, they never satisfy us, you know, and it is only God that can do so. Christopher West describes it like, you know, in a sense, which, which I love, and it's a great image. He describes it in such a way saying that all of, all of this longing, all of, all of our human passions and desires, they are, they are good, but they become misdirected 
And so, and so we need to think of ourselves like a rocket ship. And if the rocket ship is heading towards God, it will shoot straight into the heavens and we will be fulfilled. But sometimes our rocket ship like goes to the left or the right and crash lands in the ocean and, you know, goes all over the place. And, and so, and so, you know, realizing that God made us this way with purpose, we just need to direct all of that desire rightly towards God, right? And, and, and fill that longing with God because that's the only thing that will, will satisfy us. Nothing else. This is ordering my thoughts to the very right, well. Right. So thank you, Adam. I, 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 I was know. feeling that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this is uh, nice. I, when I would, when I was, uh, some of my management jobs or, or executive jobs that I've done, one of my goal has always been to try to get people doing, finding their personal vocation, doing what they should be doing, whether it was when they're working for me, their job, or, you know, get them out of there and get them doing well hopefully something for me that's also good that they love doing, right. but, or get them on to the next thing because, and that's one of the things we would go back and start talking about, like, well, what did you want to be when you were a child? Um, and what are the things you really love doing? And, you know, because again, like going back way to the beginning of this conversation, that personal mm -hmm. vocation is checking off the longings that you have in your heart are put there by God to lead you right. to that personal vocation. So if you're finding, I mean, certainly the call to sin can be temporarily pleasant, but obviously not lasting. But those mm -hmm. those things that you, well, I really love doing this. Well, God gave you that love of that. So right. how does that fit now into this overall vocation of, of what, what you're called to be and do? That's right. That's right. And, and, you know, remembering too that, that priests and sisters also have hobbies and, and they're very much mm -hmm. encouraged and allowed to do so. You know, they're not, <laughs> they're not in this, in this very strange way, you know, shackled to just the vocation. They're, they're people, you know, they, they have likes and interests and, and it's important for, uh, especially, you know, children and, and teens to be exposed to that to see that, okay, they, they kind of live a normal life. They, they just mm -hmm. live it slightly different, you know, slightly mm -hmm. different than, you know, a married couple would. It's, it's a mm -hmm. different call, but they still, religious sisters, uh, you know, they, they live in a community. They have uh, good, good friends and they have, yes, they pray. We all should pray. You know, we're all supposed to be doing that. <laughs> um, you know, th theirs is just a bit more structured for them. And it's like, okay, this is when we pray. Oh, okay, great. Um, you know, us, we, we have to, we have to be more disciplined and, and really figure that out on our own, you know, in, in the state of marriage. But, but they also have leisure time and they also go out and serve and, and, you know, do what they love. You know, um, brothers and sisters, they're in, just all sorts of different professions and then fields just serving teacher nurse missionary work that they, they're everywhere they're everywhere and so i mean it's it's important for for colby students to know this they're just there's people wow they're regular people wow <laughs> <laughs> when, when you're 
when you're talking about that, it was making me think of Father Stephen Gadbury, one of our speakers this week in Vocations Week. And he's our parish pastor down in Arkansas, but he is okay. he is a self-professed redneck. Um, so he, Excellent. he loves he loves hunting. He loves, uh, you know, taxidermy sort of things, um, CrossFit mm -hmm. and all of these things. But those those, again, longings in his heart have made him given him a special gift to speak to our parish there in Arkansas that he can relate with people that, you know, might have thought that the parish priest is is not somebody you talk about that deer hunting with or turkey or whatever. But here, Father Stephen is doing CrossFit at the gym with these guys, and he's right. uh, he's out there, you know, hunting, and and that yeah. connects him then with with the parish that God has given him, or God That's has right. led him to. I was thinking of the same of him, of him working out and people feeling <laughs> like they could approach him and talk to him because they encountered him in that setting, and it was less. It, mm -hmm. He was more approachable to them in that context, and led to them coming closer to God that way. Boy, and that's that's powerful for our priests and religious to show their humanness. You know, I think of, you know, Pope Francis, you, you got, you have to smell like the sheep, <laughs> you know, like the shepherd, if it, if the shepherd doesn't smell like the sheep, then the sheep won't recognize it. You, know, you, you have to smell like the sheep, you know, not obviously not in the, the way of sin, but just like Father Gadbury does. You know, he, he's very, he's very open about, about his likes. You know, he goes hunting, he spends time outside the parish, you know, present as a, as a priest, just doing things that he enjoys doing. <laughs> and that's, that's powerful. I've often even thought that God uses those flaws that we've had or, our, or the sinfulness that we were trying to recover from as well, of course he does. He uses those in our in our vocation as well. But the image I've always seen, even for that part, so everything that's happening, God doesn't throw those away. He utilizes them and helps mm -hmm. that work to work that in. When you think about gemstones, oftentimes there's gems are, are very kind of clear and lifeless to a certain extent, but it's those kind of imperfections or the infusions of different things that give them the color. So you wouldn't want all of that thing, but a little bit has changed that from being one thing into this other beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. So you have to have forgiveness and you have to get past it. But I think sometimes that even, even the times where you were, you were in sin or you had challenges, those help you to oftentimes reach people to be, to feel more sympathy, to feel more connectedness with a group of people that then need God's healing and you can become an instrument mm -hmm. for them. I think that's what I mean to say. Not that sin is beautiful, but yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about, Stephen, connected to it so well, because I think God uses not so much sin, but I think our greatest moments of brokenness to really lead us. Right. You know, he takes those broken moments and uses them to lead us on our path to to what we're called to do, to our vocation. I mean, the, the biggest reason that I got involved in ministry so early in my life, specifically with teens and youth ministry, is because high school was terrible for me. It was the worst four years of my life, and I would never ask to relive it ever. <laughs> 
But from that, <laughs> from right. that, you know, I, w- I was, I was led on a path and I, and I got started and I, and I had, you know, a youth minister there to really just direct and guide me. And, and she's one of our dear friends, you know, still to this day. And I'm so thankful for her in, in every way, but but yeah, our, our, our mess, our brokenness can, can really lead us to our vocation. Mm-hmm. If we allow in that moment when we've just lost, you know, everything or in a, and are in a really dark place, you know, when we cling to God and when we allow him to, you know, grab us by the hand and pick us up out of that pit and walk with us and say, okay, Let's start rebuilding here. Let's make something new. You know, just as he said on the way of the cross, you know, behold, I make all things new. When um, we watch the Passion of the Christ, you know, every Good Friday, and that's the most heartbreaking moment when he's like face to face with his mother and he's carrying the cross and he says that. I'm like, oh, oh. <laughs> it's that for me. Like it, that. Okay, I'm breaking down. I'm done. I'm done. Like that. That's always the moment. But, um, but it. But it's just. It's so good. And you know, Christ shows us that from brokenness comes so much beauty. You know, it, with his with his own life, and and the way of the cross. So. And we have so many of those opportunities. We'll call them in family life, where we experience mm-hmm. each other's brokenness. That had that is one way that we can help each other find and live our vocations if we can look at it that way. I and mean, we have to work through what has happened, of course, and tend to those mm-hmm. things that need tending to, but it, it, among those things being how we are continually, hopefully, in conversation with God to discern where, where he's calling us. Yeah. And, and I think the, the last thing I'll say to that is uh, I feel that, that, so many families are are so busy and so much on the run today that they don't have time to butt heads in you, if you will and and grow and and come closer mm-hmm. together through that like mm-hmm. so i've i've had this revelation recently where you know when i'm butting heads with with pam or the kids like i'm almost thankful for it cuz mm-hmm. i i tell pam this sometimes I'm like hey at least we're close enough that we're having these conversations, <laughs> you know, it's, 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 it's a different perspective. It's a different way of thinking, but I think a lot of families don't even have an opportunity to, to grow closer together in that, in that way and, and be family um, because they're, they're so busy. Yeah. That's, that's, and again, for, you know, all of our, the, families and things. I think that's so important because obviously husband and wife coming together, you realize, okay, I thought I was a patient person, for example. And then you get married and you realize, no, it wasn't that I was patient. It's just that I didn't have the opportunity to even get aggravated quickly. Or, you know, then as you expand with your children, each one, each time you start to see, oh, I, you know, the facade that you put in front of everybody else when you go out into the world, largely that, you know, I've got it together. I'm, I'm a virtuous person wandering around and (laughs) that, that gets wiped away when you're there every day in the family, when you've, so when you've got the time to butt heads, and then you also have the time to 
ask for forgiveness and be forgiven. Mm -hmm. And that's something that you don't see outside the family very easily as well. Normally, if you're going to butt heads with somebody, it's kind of like, I'll just ignore them. I don't have to interact with them. But you've got to be around your family every single day, you know. So that's where I see Christ-like forgiveness the most usually. And it's like, okay, yeah, you really messed up. Mm -hmm. But in a day, it's it's not that it never happened, but it is forgiven in a, yeah. in a way that's that's more whole. It's not like 20 years later, you're thinking back to the, what happened. It's just, no, we love each other. We mess up. We pick each other up and we move on. So it's a great opportunity right. for that. Mm -hmm. And even, I think, you know, showing and modeling from such a young age, it was just, I chuckle when you say that because I think it was even last night, our youngest, he did something. And I don't remember what it is now. It's been, it's gone. But, you know, I said, you know, what do you need to tell daddy at dinner? And he said, sorry. And then like his next word, now you say, forgive you, daddy. Like, you know, because <laughs> right. I just know, like, we yes. apologize and we forgive. And it just, he's three, you know, and to know that, like, yeah. to me is a great mm -hmm. blessing. So that's great. And that's to know that great. our, our heavenly father does the same thing, mm -hmm. you know, I think is so important. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I was thinking earlier Beautiful. about the modeling here. That's a, a, a very important time to model how this, how this should go. And, and as, you know, as, as a married couple, it's, it's incredibly challenging. Don't get me wrong, mm -hmm. but, but we make, but we make a very outward effort and, and just kind of show them that, you know, we prioritize our relationship first. We show our children that, that nurturing our marriage and nurturing our relationship, um, we understand and we know that that will affect family life, mm -hmm. you know? And so prioritizing that, you know, because that is our primary vocation and children are the fruit of that vocation, but showing them that that's really a priority is, is important in hopes that if they are called to marriage, they will <laughs> do the same things, you know, in, in, in their relationship and in their marriage. So. All right, that that was scary. I I listen. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yep, and very likely that that's what they see. What they see in their in their family of origin, they take with them, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so it has been a delight visiting with you all. As we are coming to the end of our time together, I wanted to to go back a little bit to the liturgical living that you were talking about, Mrs. Castor. So Colby sends out emails every month, liturgical living emails with lots of suggestions. It sounds like you have quite a lot to do with those. Am I correct there? <laughs> <laughs> I do. Yes, okay. you are correct. Okay. Yes. And it's, you know, it's nothing like all on me originally. It's just things that I have researched, you know, and, you know, it's kind of like a menu of, mm -hmm. of options that Beautiful. I have, you know, found in different places. And I just wanted to share them. And so it was just really, it started off last year as like, Hey, Nicole, can I share this with my families, you know, my students, because these are some of the things that we're doing at our house and, um, and I'd like to share. And she was like, yeah, sure. And then it was like, hey, I want to share this with the elementary staff. And now when she's like, hey, I want to share with everybody. I was like, OK, great. that's great. great. I'm so glad. Yes. So I'm so happy to do that and just, you know, and share. Um, but know that it's not it's not any original and there's not a whole lot of original ideas to me. It's what I found in collecting of different Lots of other Catholic mamas around, you know, that do it. So I think it hits just the right note. There are wonderful ideas and lots of different ways to live 
the liturgical life of the church without it doesn't come across as like okay you got to do all these in order to be living it correctly you know just find what works for your family and and there are lots of ways to accomplish that here we're coming up on the feast of saint joseph one of my favorites and i have been i've had seasons of better success than others of living more closely in rhythm with the liturgical life of the church in the family doing doing the various feast days throughout one of the things that we like to do we started several years ago and we've missed some years is for the feast of saint joseph to to trace the children's hands on a piece of white paper they trace their hand and cut it out and they you can curl it up into form like a lily the symbol of saint joseph and we have them oh, yeah. write their name on it like love you dad whatever sign their name and the date so that we know what year it was and he, he and then we tape them to a green straw and the straw is not the hang up that can't be the deal killer if, if there's not a straw you know it's like anyway he's my, my husband still has them this collection of lilies from over the years from mm -hmm. saint, the feast of saint joseph i when our kids were young i wanted to make that like the the father's day thing like happy feast of saint joseph to all, all the dads around so happy feast of saint joseph to you too a little bit early and to the dads listening that it, that was something that I could do at the time when I had everybody was little. I could have them trace their hands. That was something I could accomplish that day. <laughs> you know, um, keeping it sort of where you are in time. And we've we've had a couple of other Colby Cast episodes that have touched on liturgical living. We visited with the Holy Heroes parents in episode sixty three, I think, and we'll link that in our show notes. And it came up again with Jonathan Conrad, and and it's come up a few other times. So it's such a gift to us to have this liturgical calendar that we can draw upon in our families. We don't have to come up with stuff necessarily. It's it's right there for us to draw upon. So that's been mm -hmm. great. Okay. Are there other final thoughts you have or recommendations or resources you have for our families thinking of, as we travel forward through Lent and thinking about the idea of vocations, living them the here and now, um, helping our children discern their vocations going forward in their lives, anything like that? I mean, I think the only advice that I have is just to be patient with yourself and to be patient in your prayers, you know, and just know that <laughs> just because one person seems to have it all together, you don't have to, Yeah. you know, and, you know, just be open to it, you know, just whatever whisper, you know, sometimes it just might be a whisper. Sometimes it just might be a feeling. Sometimes it might be just like when I, when I was, you know, a full blown, like messy cry, you know, you just <laughs> never know what it is. And just, you know, just to be open to the possibilities and just be open to what God might be calling you to, and, you know, families and students. Yeah. yeah. True. Yeah. And I, I think, I think Pam already mentioned uh, Kendra Tierney and she was really just a huge influence in our start to liturgical living, but you know, vocations, just the, the family is the seedbed of, of vocations. It's where vocations are born, you know? And, and so I think liturgical living answers the question to how do I promote and grow vocations within m the walls of my home? Because it makes our children, it helps our children realize that living as a Catholic is fun. And just as Pope John Paul II says, life with Christ is the greatest adventure. Mm -hmm. You know, we're, we're not made for the mundane. We're not made for the boring or mediocre or to just settle. We're, we're made for this great plan. You know, we're made to fill this great plan that God has prepared and made clear for us. And it's an adventure. It's exciting. 
it's 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 exciting to live the faith it's exciting to be to be catholic because it is a challenge and because it does test us and because on a daily basis it does help us grow so just build that domestic church and and vocations will come naturally i mean obviously if if you do have a teenager who is very interested you know in a vocation start seeking out first your parish priest you know seek out your parish priest and talk to them expose them to religious orders like i said before if they don't know what the life is like then they won't be able to know if they're called to it or not you know it's a very commonsensical thing but it it's just there and it's and it's very real you know if they don't know what a sister does then how do they know if they'd be interested or called at, at all right. so just 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 live it let's just talk about it and just do the best you can like liturgical living is about doing the best you can and there are ups and downs to it and and family is crazy yeah. and it, it's not like don't don't play the shame game when you don't when you don't do the massive like spread and preparation for a feast day like just stick with the the hand cut out for saint joseph yep. keep it very simple yep and and that's how vocations are born and coming to retreats like this one mm -hmm. the the retreat is so important going on retreat going to the high mountain like christ did is essential uh in in figuring this thing out so uh, thanks again for having us it really was. It yeah, was thank you so yeah. much. And fun. It's been a pleasure. I hope we get to visit with you all again soon. Please come back soon. Thanks so much. Of course. <laughs> Absolutely. <Yeah. laughs> Subscribe to the Colby Cast on your favorite podcast app so that you don't miss an episode. And let us know how we're doing by leaving a rating or a review. And as always, feel free to email us at podcast at colby.org. Mary, our mother, pray for us. St. Maximilian Kolbe, pray for us. Ad maiorem Dei Gloriam.